Hey everyone, welcome in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. Kansas State takes care of business against Houston, 41 to nothing, and now they get set to go to Austin for arguably the biggest game of Chris Kleiman's career as K-State takes on the Texas Longhorns. We'll get into both of those games, but before, you do, before we do, we want to let you know that we're sponsored by our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Remember to elevate your tailgate this season with our friends from Booth Creek Wagyu. Their ranch is located just north of Manhattan and proudly raises authentic Wagyu beef from farm to table. Visit their retail locations in Manhattan and Overland Park or online at boothcreekwagyu.com. Monty, K-State 41-0 over Houston. It was a little cold. I think the Houston boys, we talked about it. <laughs> they were affected by that cold, but man, that was a butt whooping. That was, you know, I... We both predict the K-State to score 40-plus mm-hmm. points, but I don't think anybody uh, would imagine if we get the shutout. I'm not sure if our defense was playing that well uh, or if Houston offense wasn't playing as well as we thought they could or the cold played a role in it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whenever we get a shutout at this level, that's a great win. Let's just start with the defense because I think that is the story of the game. The yeah. offense was efficient. They drove down the field. They scored points. But the defense, what they were able to accomplish, it was really impressive. Donovan Smith came into this game as the second leading passer in the Big 12. Monty, he finished 13 of 28 for 88 yards and an interception. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I wasn't I was concerned about the team winning as a mm-hmm. whole, but I was concerned about Houston's offense coming in. We talked about it before. Um, the two previous games against West Virginia, they put up big points. And against Texas, they uh, moved the ball really well towards the later uh, part of the game. And those two are two quality opponents. So them coming in, I expected more. But either I didn't give I gave them too much credit or I didn't give our defense enough yeah. credit. And I'm going to say I didn't give our defense enough credit because those boys balled out. They played amazing. And I want to start with the secondary because, yeah. once again, we've talked about this at length. If there's one position on uh, throughout really the whole entire team right. that we've talked about, hey, this group's going to get it figured out, we believed it would be the secondary. Yeah. And it sure looks like the secondary is turning into a strong suit uh, on this team. Uh, along with the secondary – Monty, K-State gave up 113 yards rushing on the entire game. Houston was in the red zone zero times. Yeah, that's that that's impressive. Going back to the secondary, you know, a lot of things we noticed, they're communicating better. But as, as me being a former DB myself, they're playing confident. Mm-hmm. And, and there's not a lot of question marks out there. And we have quality depth. And the guys are flying around. They, they trust each other and they're making plays. And they welcome the challenge, I believe, of anybody that may come to the bill or even on the road coming up this week. They welcome the challenge and they're forward. And they take a lot of pride in limiting teams, not just in the passing game, but like you said, in the running game as well. And I want to talk about Kobe Savage because this is a guy who at the beginning part of the season – Fans, I think, were just expecting him to be the player he was before his knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never had a catastrophic knee injury or any really major injury like that. I don't know if you have. But I, I just I, – it's not fair to assume that a player is going to come back, even if they are fully healthy, and be the exact same player they were in week one. And it, it's taken Kobe some time. But he's finally getting back to that point of being that all-conference level player. Have you seen a difference in his game from week one to now? Yeah, I go back to the word confidence. You know, he looks like the Kobe of old. No matter how many mental reps you get, you can be on the sideline, you can watch film, you can be in the back of the play watching the guy in front of you while you're healing up. That's still not the same. Mm-hmm. And now that we've got a little deeper into the season and he's actually got a lot of playing time, his body is, the muscle memory is there and his trigger is there. So he's not hesitating on plays that he did early in the season. Now he goes and makes plays and, and doing what we expected him to do. So I can see that 
Kobe is back to being Kobe, and the other guys are surrounding him, and he's being a leader, and they look amazing right now. I think the flip with him and VJ Payne yes. at the safety positions helped as well. But you got to give credit to Joe Klainerman, right? Like, this is a guy who he talks about all the time. He wants his safeties to know every position yeah. on the in the back end. And so I think it was a seamless transition for VJ. It was a seamless transition for Kobe. And it's paying dividends right now. And it was obvious that Houston was struggling yeah. mightily against K-State secondary let's talk about the corners as well i mean jacob parish and keenan garber i think that was a guy we talked about in the last show yeah those two guys on the outside and then you throw in will lee who's now fully healthy this secondary is really starting to look like a good group they are and i'm i'm curious and and i'm not gonna jump to conclusions but i'm anxious to see if this group can be better than the group we had mm-hmm. last year towards the end of the season keep in mind we had echo last year right. and we had um uh, Julius, Brent. Julius Brent, excuse yep. me, now with the Colts. Mm-hmm. We had him as well, and he, they were stud players for us. But right now, those three guys, uh, Lee, Garber, and Parrish, they're playing well. Mm-hmm. And so I'm and they're young. Yeah, That's the good thing about it. So I'm excited to see the future. But right now, I couldn't be happier with those guys. And, and the whole defense as a whole. I mean, yeah. like we, we talked about the stats, but I want to look at this front seven because – I think kind of previewing Texas will have the whole second half to talk about that, but stopping the run is going to be key. Houston, we knew, was not going to be a team that was going to run no, the ball. No. You're really going from one extreme, from from Houston, who never ran the ball, to Texas, who that's what they want to do. But you specifically look at this Houston game, and once again, it just felt like the front seven is in attack mode. Yeah. And on defense, if you catch, you're going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you go out and you attack, then you're going to be right. right. Even if you're in the wrong gap, if you're yeah. making a mistake and you're playing hard, then you're going to be right. It, it seems like they're not making a lot of mistakes and they're playing hard. And when a front seven does that, they are really hard to move off the line. They are. Our front seven, they're dictating what happens. They're not, like you said, they're not catching. Mm-hmm. They're imposing their will on offenses. And they're, they're basically daring teams to run against us. And like you said, Texas would be a lot more challenge, a bigger challenge coming up Saturday. But the fact that we've been so confident the last couple of games and what we do, our schemes, our blitzes, our stunts, they look confident as a whole. And honestly, that, that right there creates chaos. And like you said, you can be wrong, but if you're going 100% and you're going uh, full, full speed downhill, even though you're wrong, most times you make it right. So our, our defense as a whole is playing confident, and, and it's probably one of the better defenses in the Big 12. Yeah, and the numbers agree with that statement as well. Jake Clifton filled in at, at Mike Linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy who has played every position in that linebacker room. How important is it to have a guy like him? Because I look at Jay Clifton as really your do it all, right? Yeah. You know, you got a guy like Avery Johnson who can make things happen on offense with his legs and through the air. Well, Jake Clifton plays that same quarterback of a position on defense, and he's able to do it extremely well. It's, it has to be a confidence boost for a defensive coordinator, knowing you can just throw him in there and he's going to make the right calls no matter what. You hit the nail on the head with that one. He's a player where you can put him in any spot in a linebacker position, no matter what it is, because Sometimes you got guys who are great Mike linebackers, middle mm-hmm. linebackers, but if you move them to the Sam, they're so-so in between, or to the wheelbacker, they're so-so. He does all three extremely well, and there's no drop-off at all. So that's a great asset to have no matter what. And he's physical. I know he got kicked out of the game mm-hmm. a couple of uh, weeks ago for targeting, which I disagree with, but I love the fact that he brings that energy, and you know when he comes, he brings his pass, and you're going to feel it. He's a gamer. He is. He could play any position on the field, not just any linebacker position. Let's talk about this offense a little bit. Obviously, whenever you score 40 points, you had a good day. And K-State finishes the day with six touchdowns. They do miss the last extra point, the backup kicker. Yeah. 
Um, sorry, buddy. He made your debut and missed the extra point. That's okay. He'll have other chances. K-State, Will Howard specifically, 15 of 17, 164 yards and two touchdowns. He was in total command of the offense. Yeah, Will looked confident. There was no doubt whatsoever. He was smiling. He was slinging the ball around. The O-line gave him time. Whenever the quarterback run game was in play, he hit the gap and got positive yards. Um, he was just a leader out there. He was Will of old. Will from last year, Big 12 championship Will. I know there was a controversy a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He struggled a little bit. Guys like, put in Avery, this, this, and that. Um, but Will looked like Will that, that we, we've known to, uh, to, to, to know and love. And uh, that's a big, big boost going into Texas week. It's a confidence boost for Will. Yeah. I mean, really it yeah. is. And and I don't think we're at a point with this K-State team where you can shake the confidence of Avery Johnson because no. scoring five touchdowns <laughs> basically in your debut, um, it's going to be hard to lose that confidence. But for Will, you see that happen and maybe you start to feel a certain way. And I mm-hmm. think that Avery is kind of lighting the fire under him. It was kind of mm-hmm. a kick in the butt to say, hey – I, I got to get going or else I'm going to lose my job. Right. And when you have two guys that support each other, that's important. But when you have two guys that push each other, yeah. it's even more important. I yeah. think that's what's going on in that quarterback room. And K-State is seeing the fruits of that happening. Absolutely. And Will knows, man, hey, Avery's special. And he knows Avery's the future. And he wants Avery to be the future next year, right. not this year. Right. And nothing against that. But that's what true competitors do. Mm-hmm. You know, if Will was okay with Avery taking his job – we don't want him as a starting quarterback yep. anyway, but that's not who Will is. Will's going to be like, you know what? I'm just as good as this guy right now for this offense we have, and I was good enough last year. I'm good enough this year. And and you can tell that he don't want to lose his job, and he's competing. But the thing that makes Will special is he's competing, but he's still helping the young kid mm-hmm. along the way as well. He's not being selfish from that manner. But on the flip side, Will and Avery both are being good quarterbacks. It forces other schools to prepare for two different quarterbacks. Yep. You don't know what you're going to get, and there's not really a letdown uh, in ability when you have either or on the field. Will can run, Will can pass. Yes. Avery can run, Avery can pass. And, you know, sometimes you think when Avery's in, they're going to run it, and when Will's in, they're going to throw it. Mm-hmm. And they hit you with the quarterback run with Will, and they throw it over the top with Avery. That's what makes those guys so special. We're going to see a lot more of that at Texas, I have a feeling. Absolutely. DJ Giddens, 13 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Good day for DJ Giddens, but I want to highlight the block from Cooper Beebe. You know I love to talk about my offensive lineman. Cooper Beebe with the most amazing, I don't even have adjectives to describe how awesome this block was on the t- on the touchdown from DJ. He just absolutely decleated this guy. Have you ever seen a block like that in person? Not in person. That was the first time. I've seen some good blocks, but it's funny because I couldn't wait to get back and to look at social media because <laughs> I knew there was going to be so many clips of that play. And and I can't even remember the kid's name from Houston, yeah. but poor kid. Uh, <laughs> but when you saw it happen, I was like, oh, yeah. man, don't ever stop your feet and leave that chest open like that because Cooper just ran through him like he owed him money or something. Yeah. I'm not sure, but that was a beautiful block, and that's what makes him one of the top linemen in the nation and a, and a future NFL guy. Yeah, I don't know how if you're an NFL scout, you watch that clip and you Seriously. don't go, I want that guy on my Seriously, team, right? Yeah. I want that guy. Um, that is going to be a play also if you're Texas where you tell your defenders, hey, if you get caught staring, <laughs> you're going to end up on your back. Don't be that guy. You could hear the pads pop on the yeah. TV broadcast that's how impressive that was the offensive line as a whole i thought played really well and we're starting to get to a point where guys like carver willis guys like taylor podier Mm -hmm. these guys that are coming in off the bench they're making a difference um k-state's run game is in a really good spot right now they're going to be tested with texas's front seven we're going to get into that but i thought the offensive line performed really well philip brooks the leading receiver on the day five or excuse me five catches for 83 yards not bad for Phil Philip Brooks. Um, they're going to need some more guys to step up. I look at a guy like Garrett Oakley. 
scored another touchdown in that game. They're, they're starting to develop some weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and let's think about it. You know, normally Wilson, Wilson, um, Ben Sennett was our mm-hmm. star tight end, star fullback. But they have another tight end that you can go go with will pay off. You can go double tight uh, on the line, and that yep. forces people to trans, uh, change up the defense. You can run the ball, you can pass the ball. And a lot of times the tight end get lost in the mix, and you can run the ball, run the ball, and all of a sudden the linebackers start flowing heavy downfield. The safeties are coming up quick, and all of a sudden soon they come up, you slip a guy behind them deep yep. in, uh, in the <clears> backfield, and it's touchdown. So that's a great asset to have as well as two good tight ends. And our offense as a whole is becoming complete. We have two great running backs, yep. you know, uh, two great quarterbacks, several linemen that can rotate in and out and play any position and never uh, have a drop-off. So K-State offense is looking really good. I, I want to mention this about the tight ends. You talk about you know being such a run-heavy team that K-State is. Mm-hmm. Well, they'll go three tight ends. They'll go two tight ends. Mm-hmm. But when you have a Ben Sennett and a Garrett Oakley who are both receiving threats who could mm-hmm. line up at receiver too, if you run, 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 and they see two tight ends, they don't think anything of it. They think run, 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 run. Right. So then it opens up the play-action pass with their tight ends. This is why having tight ends are so valuable, and K-State has two good ones. And so I would expect them to use both of them moving forward. The last thing I want to talk about this game before we get ready to wrap up and talk about Texas is special teams. Yeah. Once again, special teams is very good for K-State. No big-time returns. But solid special teams, solid kicking. Chris Tennant, perfect on extra points. I, I'm to the point now with the special teams where we're back to calling it a strength for this team. It is. And one thing I noticed, like you said, there wasn't any like wild plays um, with special teams, but they were consistent. They did what they were supposed to do. But one thing I did notice on kickoffs, kickoff returns, punt, punt returns, the guys that are on that team are playing harder. Mm-hmm. They're taking a lot more pride in it, and, and they're making tackles. When they when, in the couple, first couple of games, they weren't making the tackles they should. Now they're making the tackles and, and limiting teams to yardage after the kick. And so that 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 looks like the case of old that had special teams throughout, no matter what they, they were expected to make. And Dana Holgerson's group was ready to go home <laughs> at the end of the game. Houston had the ball. They ran it three times, and it took about a minute and a half off the clock. They were ready to get back to warm and sunny Houston, and K-State was ready to get out of there with the win. They did exactly that win in 41 to nothing. K-State now 6-2 and two on the season. Four and one in the conference play, getting ready to go down to Austin. We'll talk about that and much more when we come back on Friday Walkthrough. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back in here to the Friday Walkthrough. I'm Cole Carmody alongside Monty Spiller. We're sponsored by Booth Creek Wagyu. Let's talk about this game between K-State and Texas. Texas coming in at number seven in the country. K-State clocking in at number 23 in the latest college football playoff rankings. Before we get into the game, I got to ask you, is that about where you thought K-State might end up in those? Um, yeah, um, for the most part, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's right now at this point, it's, it's, it's kind of tough, but yeah. Because you had K-State, KU, and Oklahoma State all in the in that group right there. Right. I, I would think if, you know, all three of those teams win, 
I would think K-State would probably catapult both of those teams. I would hope. Um, a win on the road in Austin is going to go a long way for this team, and I think it would go a long way to legitimizing just everything that they've put together. Right. People can sit here and they can talk all they want about how K-State's best win is against Troy or whoever they want to say, but when you beat teams the way K-State has beaten teams the last three weeks, I think that says more about the team than about the opponent. So we'll see, right? you got to leave it out on the field. Uh, big noon kickoff, 11 a.m. on Fox this is going to be a big game, and you know I had some immediate thoughts when I saw a big noon kickoff. I don't know if it favors one team or the other, but anytime you can play on national TV, it's a great honor. Yeah, I think um, I'm glad. Honestly, I'm a big fan of the 11 o'clock slot mm-hmm. for some reason. I like that because when my team, K-State, plays mm-hmm. first, it allows me to watch other games throughout the day. So I'm a big fan with that. But I think it benefits K-State. Yeah, we're on the road. It's at Texas. Even though Texas has a lot, uh, a larger stadium capacity compared to K State's, I, I don't think their their fan base uh, is as passionate mm-hmm. as K State fan base. And, and nothing against them as fans; they have great fans. But uh, eleven o'clock game, they won't be up for the game, in my opinion. I feel like K State will take advantage of that, and then you know later in the game, Texas fans will realize, oh crap, this is going to be a battle. Then they get up, but I think K State has the advantage going into the game. And I think that's what people don't understand. Like, there's a hundred; it seats a hundred thousand people in Austin. But the difference between Austin and K State is, again, when you talk about the smaller venues, you're more on top of you're more on top at K State. It's louder. There's more. The, the student to spectator ratio right. is not as great. And it's just as a fact that the more non-students there are at a stadium, that just they're quieter. Yeah, they are. And so you know, I. I this will be my first time. Zach Carlson and I are going down to Austin for the games. It'll be my first time being down there. But I don't think the environment is going to be anything that K-State can't handle. No, they've been there before, and they know what to expect. And like you said, uh, we've been in rowdier um, venues and, and crowds, and, and I think K-State welcomes the challenge. They're excited about the opportunity. Texas is a great program. They're having a good season so far, and they understand the task at hand. So there's nothing to be nervous about. If I'm a player on K-State team, I'm excited, not mm-hmm. even scared. I'm excited. Let's get into this Texas team a little bit, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody knows Quinn Ewers going to be out for this game, going with Malik Murphy, the redshirt freshman. Arch Manning, the the touted true freshman, to back him up. I don't believe we'll see Arch Manning in this game. They did say Malik Murphy was out uh, for a day at practice, and so Manning did take some reps with the ones. I'm to a point right now with the Texas quarterback situation to where if Arch Manning was good enough to play, he would be playing. And so I don't think this is about – how good Malik Murphy is as it is maybe Arch Manning is just not there yet. He's the number one prospect in the country. There's a lot of fanfare made out about him, obviously, with the last name. But they're going to roll with Malik Murphy, and, and we'll talk about his game. But I saw some serious flaws in his game. He stands at 6'6", but um, this is a guy. He's big, but he's prone to make some mistakes. Yeah, he's he's definitely a physical specimen for sure. You know, it's one of those guys where if you're traveling, normally you have the lineman and get off the bus first. Yeah. And in this case, put that quarterback off the bus yeah. first because he definitely catches your attention. But, you know, with a, a Steve Sarkeesian offense, the guy's a mastermind. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the schemes he come up with, I'm sitting there watching games and like man that was good but I don't think uh, Malik is as as well polished as yours obviously so his playbook is going to be limited and the good thing about it K-State has a week to see him on film Mm -hmm. prior to last week's game um, the Texas opponent didn't have any film on him so they didn't know what to expect we know what to expect now obviously they'll add more to it because he has more confidence in the game underneath his belt but I like our chances Malik Murphy 16 to 25 170 yards with two touchdowns and an interception against BYU I want to point this out, and I don't know if this means anything at all, but Josh Hoover, 
from TCU, right. threw for almost 500 yards against TCU, or sorry, against BYU. They scored 44 points. He rolls into Manhattan the next week, doesn't even throw for 150 yards, throws an interception, looked like a completely different quarterback. Yeah. Those are against the same team, and I know that the schemes are different, the offenses are different. But is it fair to say this was Hoover's first start against BYU? This is what he did. This is Murphy's first start against BYU, and this is what he did. And you know the commonality between all those is their second start is against K-State. Yeah, and I think I, I think K-State, once again, has an advantage in this game plan. Our defense is playing better. Um, Texas is still trying to find what works well for the new quarterback. Obviously, yours is out, and they want to do – I think we'll see more quarterback run game. Not a whole lot, but they want to control the game. Normally, Texas want to go up-tempo, but with a new quarterback, you can't because their mistakes are going to be made. You have to slow the game down a little bit, allow him to get back into his groove, find out what he's good at. So I think Texas, at some point, will slow the game down and, and, and limit the mistakes, opportunities for mistakes for the offense. So I think K-State – uh, has a better opportunity to also slow down Texas this week as they did TCU and Houston in the last couple of weeks. Jonathan Brooks, the leading rusher for Texas, he is a great running back. There's no doubt about it. Bijan Robinson ran for over 200 yards against K-State last year. Brooks is good, but he's not as good as Bijan, and I think everybody understands that. But none of the either way, their goal for Texas is going to be to run the ball. And if K-State, I think what K-State's game plan is going to be is try and sell out to stop the run and make Malik Murphy beat you. They've tried to do that before. They tried to do that really against Missouri, and it burned them. They've tried to do that in the past, and it's burned them. But we've also seen that be successful. On the edge for Texas, Xavier Worthy, obviously one of the fastest yep. receivers in the league. Uh, Adonai Mitchell, Georgia transfer, another really good receiver. And then obviously Jordan Whittington, guy who's been there for a while. They've got some playmakers at receiver. We talked about the secondary earlier in the show. But I think K-State is going to try and stop run and make Murphy beat him. Yeah, I think K-State honestly understands Texas' run game is very good. Uh, their O-line, when it comes to run game, they do what they do. They impose their will, very similar mm-hmm. to K-State's O-line. And it, and it bothers me and it worries me a little bit. But I think K-State will stack the box. We'll do a lot of man uh, coverage on the back end to allow – uh, extra uh, run fitter in the box, but on the flip side, worthy. You mentioned him. Yeah, he scares me. The kid is long. He can get going. He hits second gear. But I think we'll have a bracket coverage for him, still allowing another safety to be in the box. But K State will disguise, try to confuse the young quarterback, and hopefully make uh, force him into some mistakes. But we stop the run game. We got a chance. Texas has been notorious for not being able to convert in the red zone. Hmm. Their touchdowns normally come on big plays, and. Why do you, if you're watching this and saying that doesn't make any sense, well, it'll make sense after you hear the stat. Texas's offense is 120th in the country in touchdown rate in the red zone. Wow. 120th in the country in touchdown rate in the red zone. K State's defense is second. So if there's one mismatch in this game, it's if K State can hold Texas out of the end zone in the red zone and force them to kick field goals. They're going to be successful. But if Texas somehow scores touchdowns inside of the red zone, it's probably a recipe for disaster for K-State. But how about that 120th in red zone offense touchdown? It's it's just it's amazing. Yeah. And, and hearing that stat, I, that was new to me. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Hearing that stat, it makes me wonder if Coach Klanderman uh, and their defense have, have the bend but don't break attitude. Right. You know, you, they kill some clock. We'll, we'll give a play here. 
force them to dink and dunk, and then when they do get in the red zone, lock up and see if they can score. And if that's the case, that puts K-State in, in a positive position based off of what we've talked about in the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see how Coach Klanderman approaches that. And I think this is a total game plan as we flip to the other side of the ball because that puts that much more pressure on K-State's offense and Texas's defense. Because if K-State's defense can hold Texas to field goals, then it's going to come down to, can K-State score touchdowns in the red zone? If K-State is forcing Texas to field goals and K-State is scoring touchdowns, seven is better than three. Yeah. And so those two things happen, K-State's going to win this game. Right. So you look at this K-State offense, well, it's simple. Find a way to put the ball in the end zone. Because unless you let Texas score... They're not going to take it. Right. So I, I I really believe if K-State's able to score touchdowns in the red zone, they are going to have a chance to win this game. I think K-State offense is an advantage to this game. Not saying they have uh, more physical, uh, more um, be- better athletes, excuse mm-hmm. me, better athletes, but I feel like us as a whole has an advantage. Texas has a plethora of, of phenomenal athletes, four- and five-star guys. But watching several of the games this year, they get undisciplined at times. Mm-hmm. They they fly to the ball, but they they kind of do. I'm gonna make a big play. I don't stay home. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I, they don't do their job. And and normally, when somebody doesn't do their job, try to do too much, there's a gap. And, and I think K State would exploit that and take advantage of that. K State plays disciplined football. We force people to be good with their eyes, and you can't just come up and blitz because we can't burn you on that as well. But I think K-State offense as a whole has a better opportunity than Texas' defense. So let me ask you this. When you're going up against an undisciplined defense and you have a guy like Avery Johnson who is able to make one guy miss and be off to the races, Mm -hmm. do we see some kind of reverse, some kind of trick play, some kind of um, maybe you see Will Howard and Avery Johnson on the field at the same time? This just seems like against a team that wants to fly around and make big-time plays on defense, Mm -hmm. you can use that against them you can and and you you force them to be disciplined but like you said they get outside their their uh their box or they, they run up field reverses are great but one thing i'm looking forward to seeing i think k-state would do a lot of it and we do it well our screen game mm. and we can do it with dj Giddon and we can do it with ward ward's a smaller back so he's easy to hide behind those big boys in the front line and force them guys to break down and once he hits the gap they both can get gone obviously so i think our screen game will play a major role in the game on saturday Jalen Ford, the star linebacker for Texas, leads the team in tackles. He's got two interceptions and a forced fumble. He's everywhere for the Longhorns. That is their guy on defense, along with Devondre Sweat, Ethan Burke. Ethan Burke just so happened to actually former K-State recruit, took an official visit to K-State. Um, he's from Austin, so got that offer and decided to go to Texas. Those guys along the front line. It's going to be K-State's offensive line versus Texas's defensive line. Again, we always go back whenever there's a close game. If you can win the line of scrimmage, you're going to have a chance to win the game. And Every week, now with this offensive line, with how much they've improved, I really like K-State chances at winning that battle. I'm with you on that. And this is one of those games, you know, it's kind of ironic how how the Big 12 has been over these past years when Texas first joined us and teams left because of Texas, mm-hmm. supposedly, and now they're leaving us. I think there's a lot at stake. And, and K-State understands a win in Austin, not saying it's going to be any other games are guaranteed, but a win in Austin sets us up pretty dang good yep. moving forward. So I think our guys understand that. Our coaching staff understand that. Our fan base understands it. And, and like I said, last I, w- I was excited about the Houston game because it's the K-State game. But I haven't been this excited about a game for K-State in a long time. Yeah. And it's a big one. So, yeah, I think our boys have come ready to play. What is one key to the game? I mean, we've talked about the red zone efficiency. Mm-hmm. But if you look somewhere else, if you're K-State and you have to come up, this is what K-State has to do in order to win the game. Offense or defense, what is your go-to? Here's my thing. Defensive-wise, 
early in the game, we have to get a feel of what Texas' offense is doing. Once you figure out what's going on, bring pressure on the quarterback. He's a big boy. That's fine. Hit him early mm. and hit him often. Rattle him because I guarantee he's one of those guys where if his first uh, option and available, he's going to pull in and run, and he's going to look to get yards. And a lot of times when that happens, that just messes up the whole offense. So I say put pressure on the quarterback and don't just do it the same way. Bring different type of stunts, but put pressure on him, hit him early and often, and make him make decisions because I don't think he's a game manager at this point, yeah. and I haven't seen anything from him to make me think that he can win a game for them on his own. I, I'm to the point now with this K-State team against Texas. If they score first yeah. and they put the pressure on Murphy, it sets them up for how they want to play. Mm-hmm. Can they play from behind? 100%. Yeah. But if you're playing from behind, Texas is going to pound the ball and they're not going to make mistakes. If Texas is in front, they're going to try and possess the ball and not make mistakes. K-State can come back. That is something that they're able to do with their offense. But if they're able to jump in front, now you're dictating the game. Right. Do you want to sustain the punch? Do you want to stay in the fight if Texas jumps out? Absolutely. But if you can take a lead at halftime, even if it's only three points, even if it's only seven points, even if it's a tie game, right. K-State wants to wants to try and jump out in front because they want to force the hand of Texas. They want Murphy to make mistakes. They want Sarkeesian to try and force things down the field. And if there's one thing we know, it's that Steve Sarkeesian loves to go for it on fourth down in the red zone. Yeah. That is what they do. They don't like to kick field goals. Why is their re- touchdown rate so low? Because they... They, they don't go for it. They don't try and kick fields. They always try and go for it. That's what they're going to want to do. If K-State's able to jump out in front and dictate the flow of this game, I think they're going to win. I agree. but we are, And you made a good point. And K-State has to understand. Texas understands, too, what's at, what, what's at stake. Mm-hmm. They, they've lost a game where they probably shouldn't have. Yep. But they understand. If we lose two games – and the way the Big 12 is headed right now, our chances to make it to the Big 12 championship is getting slimmer, you know. And Sarkeesian, he will take chances. But I will say this, too. Um, K-State, in, in my opinion, we have to play disciplined football. We can't have penalties. And we got to understand that it's going to be highs and lows. But I feel like as a whole, and, and, and yours not playing plays a role, mm-hmm. but I feel like as a whole, we are the better team right now at this point of the season. Well, let's get into it. We've danced around our picks the whole entire second half. Let's get into it. Monty, give me your MVP and your score of the game. My MVP of the game, I'm going to say DJ. And the reason being, um, he, he's he been good the last three weeks. But I feel like if you look at the history of K-State uh, versus Texas, we've always had a running back mm. come up big against Texas. And, and the games that we did lose, they had B. John. He was our kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but I feel like the games we won, our running backs play significant roles in it. And I feel like DJ will be um, the MVP offensive-wise for us going into Texas. And I'm picking K-State to win the game 38-17. to Wow, there we go. K-State making a statement in Austin per Monty Spiller. I'm going to go with Ben Sennett. Ben Sennett, he played very little against Houston. I like it. Houston maybe might have forgot. I don't know how you could forget him. He hurdled like three of the guys against Texas last year. I could see Ben Sennett having a big game similar to the game he had against Oklahoma last year where he really broke out. I think this is going to be a closer game. I do think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a fun game. I'll just say that for both sides. There's going to be anxiety for K-State fans. There's going to be anxiety for Texas fans. The line is four and a half right now. Um, I think that is fair. Um, I, I don't know. 
know if it'll be uh, – if you're betting on Texas, I don't think you're going to be too happy because I do think K-State will cover, and I think K-State wins this game. I'm not ready to say Texas is going to score a lot of points. With what I've seen from K-State's defense, I I believe in this K-State defense. I believe in Joe Klanerman. I think the K-State defense comes to play. I'm going to pick K-State to win this game 27-20. to 20. Okay. I think it's going to be a closer game than maybe the score indicates. Um but I think K-State is going to be firmly in control. They're going to jump out in front. It's going to be a fun game. But, man, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, a win's a win. I'm with you on that. And great call on saying that, you know, here's our guy. And I would love to see him uh, kind of get back out there and let people know, hey, don't forget about me. But uh, it would be a great game. Um, fans that are watching, if you're going to Austin, travel safely. Yep. But I'm betting on the Cats. It's going to be a fun one. Thanks, everybody, so much for watching. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. K-State in Texas, 11 a.m. on Fox. Enjoy the game wherever you may be. And we will talk to you next Friday.